Smashcast, a podcast about NBC Smash. I'm Dan. I'm Clara. And I'm Taylor. And today we're talking about episode nine of Smash, entitled Hell on Earth. Yay! <laughs> so we're stay we're sticking on track. I'm gonna get this one up before the new episode airs. So we're doing good with scheduling. So that's cool. Yay! Um, and I, I thought we'd open with an email from Marissa, um, because it involves last week's podcast and last week's episode, um. Clara, do you want to read this? Sure. Okay. Dear the Smash cast, hey, I just got home from DC, so I haven't been able to watch the most recent episode of Smash, but I was able to catch up on the Smash cast. Yay. Um, and I wanted to enlighten you guys on Bernadette Peters. Good. <laughs> okay. I've seen her mainly in movies, which include Pennies from Heaven. Amazing. She was Lily St. Regis and Annie. And she was the voice of Sophie Stanislavski Smirnoff and Anastasia. Plus, she was a voice in one of my favorite childhood cartoons ever, Animaniacs. Oh. So she gets like 50 billion awesome points. She was in the 2003 revival of Gypsy, which from what I heard was amazing. And she can sing her butt off. I hope that cleared things up. Love her. (laughs) That was very, that was a great succinct explanation of why we stink for not knowing who Bernadette Peters is. Yeah. <laughs> Animaniacs is cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Hell on Earth? Hell on Earth. Alright, this is your chance to yell at me because I'm giving it a B plus. Oh. <laughs> Taylor? I think it was the best episode so far, and I include the pilot. Wow. Um, because I think the pilot did a good job of establishing who the characters are, you know, what they want, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this episode, we got not only resolution of some of their problems, but it complicated the characters that I'd previously not liked and made everyone at least interesting to me. So Okay. Um, do you want to talk specifically about how, how you felt Karen? That is that Karen, the character, one of the characters you're talking about that you didn't like that it helped fix? Well, Karen and Ellis and Julia, specifically. Yeah. I like Ellis now. What? What? Ha- how? <laughs> He's so conniving, he won me over. Oh, my God. Like, okay, look, there's, like, an evil level, right? Okay, so on one side, you have the, like, I'm aggravatingly annoying and evil, and I just sort of mess up things you want to happen. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. No one likes that. But then you go slightly further on the manipulative level, and yeah. it's just like, oh, Interesting. He has grand plans. He has grand plans, and he's willing to do anything to to achieve them. And I find that interesting. And before he had no, he wasn't he wasn't striving towards anything. He, yeah. he didn't make sense to me, but this helps. I, I I'll give you that. I get his character makes more sense after this episode. I'll, I'll say that much. He's this shows Wolfram and Hart. <laughs> For people out there. <laughs> yeah, that was. Possibly obscure. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, yeah. So I mean, I gave it a B plus. Well, what, Clara? What, Clara? What are you giving it? Hey, I uh, agree with Taylor. Okay. I mean, I thought <laughs> the music was just kind of there. I wasn't blown away by it. Uh, okay. Agree. Actually, I agree with you on that. The music in this episode was not the best. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a plot, I would give it an A. And and the plot was so much better than I think it has been in previous episodes that it still gets an A because it convinced me that the storytelling of the show could be at this level. Um, I definitely thought the Julia stuff was really well handled. Her character, everything that happened in that plot line was a material. I agree with you on that. Um, the Ellis Derek thing was good, but it also sort of just felt like, not filler, but like kind of just there. Like it didn't like, wasn't all that important to me. Um, like, I didn't have any issues with it, but it just kind of felt like a very small storyline that wasn't really that important. Um, Ellis, I 
I didn't like. I guess I didn't want to kill him as much in this episode, but I still was just like, blah. Um, and the, okay, so my, I guess my main issue, my main thing with the B plus is the whole Karen and Ivy stuff at the end, the ending of the Karen and Ivy stuff, and it just felt very. What in particular? I don't know how to. Okay, so, so what? What the? I don't even know. Like, okay, all all the Ivy stuff up until there, she's walking with Karen. I thought was really good. And then she's walking with Karen, and Karen's just pissing me off. And I—I I mean, I, I don't—I don't really know how to put it into words. I—I'm I, wondering. I haven't actually fully read. Can you put it into song? I—I—I want to look at these emails we have and see how they felt about it because I haven't actually read like their entire emails yet. Um, <laughs> and maybe that will help me if they have similar things or they, if they have different feelings from what I have, maybe that'll help me put words to what I feel about this Karen Ivy stuff. All right. So, so specifically Karen Ivy. Yeah. It just felt very, I mean, Karen, like, like tried to be a bitch and then she just couldn't. And then she's just like, we're going to go sing in the streets. And it felt very glee to me and felt very like random and silly. And I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know. How I mean, how did you take that? Did you really like them working together or whatever? I mean, I liked the fact that it could only happen when Ivy was at her lowest point and was drunk. Mm-hmm. If it had happened when they were both sober, no, I would have hated it. But they were drunk and drunk people do silly things and they seek companionship often. So I don't know. That, that helped rationalize it to me. Yeah, it, it felt like it made sense, um, and I, uh, from the beginning, I've kind of predicted slash hoped for Karen and Ivy to reconcile mm-hmm. and to become friends, because uh, I don't like Karen, but I do like her in the context of possibly opening up to Ivy and therefore yeah. giving us some insight into <coughs> why she's the way she is. Yeah. Because I think she's very guarded, and this episode um, showed that a lot, like, at the at the end when Ivy was like, you know, we're not best friends. I, I really liked that. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, and I, I agree that I think that that was good. That, like, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense to, because I was going to be like, I don't like, to, I, I want them to be friends, but not this early. But I guess this makes sense if it's like getting a preview of it without it like being like suddenly, oh, they're friends. Yeah. Um, it, it, I guess it was sort of a weird resolution to Ivy's problems, in my opinion. Like, she was so... Low. It's not a resolution. I think it's an introduction. Yeah, it's it's an introduction. I don't mm. think it's a resolution at all. But I guess it went from being so dark to them just like bopping around town, and it felt very weird to me. I mean, I I don't. To me, it it felt actually sort of realistic. Like okay. Ivy goes completely nuts, but she doesn't start crying. She starts laughing. Like she's mm. at a point in her life where she's just she can't take anything seriously anymore. I think. Yeah. Not even her, like, I think she looks upon herself as a ridiculous figure. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, ha, 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 I guess I'm going to go dance around with Karen now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I saw it as sort of sad. I, I didn't see it as a resolution. And I think it was aware of how ridiculous it was. Mm-hmm. If, if they had tried to play it off, this is why I think it's not, you know, very Glee. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, and now we're friends. It was like, this is ridiculous, um, and... But it still happened, and that to me seems realistic. Yeah. Um, well, I'm very open to your guys' opinions on this because I wasn't—I didn't really have any sort of definitive opinion. I was just like, it felt odd, and I didn't really know how to take it. And I was like, this isn't—there isn't anything I can point to and be like, this is bad writing or anything. I was just like, it just sat with me strangely. So I don't—I mean, it was just a weird experience for me. But um, do you want to get into the emails? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'll start off with Tim's email. He goes, Hi all, it's Tim. I wrote, I wrote in regarding On My Way for Glee, and I thought I'd write in for Smash. Firstly, I'd really like to thank you for plugging Smash on Oral Intensity, because otherwise I would never have seen this awesome show as I live in the UK. That's great. I'm glad that we brought Smash to the UK. Uh, <laughs> um, Dan, I would also like to say the episode for Let's Be Bad with all the tangents was hilarious. Also, I've recently followed you on Twitter, and your live tweeting is actually surprisingly interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> also, I'd really like to take a moment to uh, to praise Taylor for her additions to the discussion. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be hard for hard joining a group of people who have been doing this for a while, and you're doing a great job, especially especially. So, great. Yay, Taylor. Good job. Hey, Taylor. Um, but anyway, on to Smash. Um, I thought I'd split up this by storyline, first to grade. I'd probably give this up an A. Just everything yes. about it was good, right. despite some of the weirdness. Hey, see, he, he at least felt weirdness. Well, yeah, but he also gave it an A and gave it a B plus. So. <laughs> yeah, well. Tim, you were a B plus doesn't different. mean that I didn't like the episode. Yeah, but it also means that you didn't give it an A, so you're wrong. When you've given <laughs> not good episodes, A's in the past. A minuses. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, Dan. I actually have a question for you. Okay. Having given this episode a B plus, are there any particular episodes that you can think of that you would lower the grade? So, okay, you guys had an issue with me giving last week an A minus. Is that what you're? That was the one that you had an issue with. I the think one, so. The, yes. one, the one with touch me. Yes. <laughs> See, yes. but I still found that storyline. Even if the music was weird. I, first of all, I don't think the music this week was any better than last week, but. That's just me, but I I also I thought the storyline with Tom and Derek was very compelling last week, so I don't know that I, I I guess I would give them both a B plus. Okay, that that makes it a lot better for me. Okay. All right. Um. So, do we want to? I was gonna maybe read now the introduction from another email because both of them split it up by character. And I figured yeah. if we read both intros and then went character by character for both things, that would work well. That sounds good to me. All right. Um, all right. So this one is from... I have to scroll to the bottom. because Hannah. Hannah? Okay. Um, all right. So, hey, guys. Um, I have really been enjoying your podcast. None of my friends watch Smash, so it's fun getting to hear your opinions and discussions about what's happening to the characters in the show's development. Here's a bit of my laundry list of opinions on the characters post-Hell on Earth. Um, um, first, before we get into the characters and all that stuff from everybody, I just want to say thank you guys so much for sending in emails. I'm so glad yeah. that people finally did, and it's fantastic to have so many great emails from everybody. Yeah, thank you guys, and we really, really enjoy reading them, and yeah, yeah it's awesome. So. <laughs> Alright, um, do you guys want to pick a topic and read one of the topics from someone? Uh, Let's just start with Julia. Julia? Okay. So this is from Tim's email again. Yeah. yeah. And this is regarding the Michael Julia Frank debacle. <laughs> Finally, Frank has some great dramatic acting. They really kept me attached to the storyline, although I'm quite glad that the affair came around came round to bite Julia in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Frank's method of discovery seems a bit unreal for a man who seemed so detached from Maryland to know that on the Brooklyn Bridge wasn't right for her. And to relate this immediately to an affair, I don't know. Also, Leo sucks at acting. <laughs> Yeah, let's, can we just... Oh, I'm not going to say period because of the crying scene. Yeah. So, but most... I don't know. I don't know, because I didn't see any tears during that crying scene. <laughs> like, I, 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 he was making sounds, so... I don't think he's a good actor, but I think he's a realistic teenage boy. Okay. And I think that he fits his role. And I do want to say one thing that I said, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I just tweeted about it, um, that makes a lot more sense to me now is I, last episode I was like, why is why is um, Leo suddenly okay with the affair? Like, why isn't he telling his dad? And it makes a lot more sense thinking about it as he was worried that the dad would end the family. So as long as the affair so, was yeah. over, he was good with it. That yeah, sense. that's that's yeah. yeah. I just wanted to also say that yeah, the the way Frank figured out the affair was very strange. Um, yeah. But that confrontation, I think, <laughs> just so dramatic in yes. a good way. I mm -hmm. mean, when, when mm -hmm. she walked in and saw him playing the piano, like, my heart stopped. Mm -hmm. It was so well executed. Mm -hmm. And I want to, like, just hug the person who wrote this episode or yeah. direct. It was very well done. And, yeah, it was. And as someone who has criticized Frank's acting in the past, I was very impressed with the way he handled this. Yeah, he was fine. I, I think, actually, looking back on it, his acting problems were probably more just writing problems mm -hmm. and him not having a particularly sympathetic character because we were only looking at him through Julia. Yeah. Um, oh, Tim goes on to say, I'm so glad that Frank sought out Michael and smacked him down. <laughs> the fact is, no matter how much they told themselves that it's nothing, that doesn't make it okay. I hope the storyline continues, but I am done with Michael. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, do we want to skip down to Hannah's email and see? Sure, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. She has a Julia section. Okay, Julia. Okay, Julia. <laughs> She's unprofessional. She's a bad wife. She's whiny. Her friendship with Tom seems kind of one-sided. <laughs> she doesn't really have any connection with any of the other characters. We don't see her interact with Ivy or Eileen or Karen or Derek or anyone. She's just whiny and bad things happen because she messed up, but how could she be so stupid? If she wants this musical to work... <laughs> She needs to get her head in the game. If Smash wants to make their show successful, they need to either give her less airtime or make her more sympathetic and less blah. And I I agree with that, but I do think that this... I, I started watching this episode, and Taylor can attest to this. I was like, well, there's no way they can make me sympathetic to Julia. And in the last scene, I was like, they made me a little bit sympathetic. With yeah. Julia. So, so it, I definitely came a long way. I'm nowhere near like, oh, Julia's such a wonderful character. But she's like, I have some pity for her, which I didn't think would be possible. And I think they stopped trying to make us like her. Yeah. By by giving her some, like, agency or having her take the blame yeah. for what she did, mm-hmm. I, I felt, I didn't feel, you know, sorry for her, but I appreciated her. I, I completely agree with you 100%. The fact that she said, I'm not going to let anybody say it wasn't my fault, and that she took she took responsibility yeah. was a great character move, a great way to make me, you know, be able not to simp- not, not pity her, but because she did screw up, but at yeah. least be able to be on her side, you know, like, and be like, okay, she screwed up, but she realizes it, and from hopefully from here on out, she'll be less annoying, like, so... And she's, uh, redemption is always interesting. Yeah. So hopefully, I see her possibly turning down the alcoholism lane. We'll see how that pans out. Oh, but. yeah. Wait, wait. wait she ta- she's taking a drink at the very end. Uh, wait, hold on. Funny. We have an important announcement. We found out, we didn't talk about this, right? We found out that Smash is based on a novel. All right, we did not talk about this. And I don't even know what you're talking about. So go into detail. Okay. So Taylor found it. So it's it's based on the novel Smash by some random author. Yeah, from like the eighties. And really? so if you if you want to look it up, um, I'm doing that right now. But I spelled Smash wrong. <laughs> <really. laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's it is based on. Sorry, we should have looked this up earlier. <laughs> See, no, I didn't even say that in the Wikipedia article, so I had no idea what? about this. How did we find it? On IMDb. Oh. Because I wanted to know who wrote this episode. It ah. says, um, it, it credits the writers and also the novel. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you kidding? Yeah. That's so <laughs> weird, yeah. On the couch and it's like, oh. <laughs> so is it, are the characters the same? Like, could I learn spoilers by reading this book? That's what we, that's what we don't know. Um, because it was quite, it was quite different. Um, but, like... There was some sort of character, sort of like Julia, who was an alcoholic. Oh, hmm. And was it about Marilyn Monroe, or was it just a thing about like creating? It was just creating a musical. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's it it vaguely follows like the outline. Yeah, interesting. Um, is the thing, but that's really like of all the shows that I've seen, this would be one of the less likely ones to be based on something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, are you still looking for it? Or yeah. Do you want me to read part of the email as you... Yeah. Okay. So the next part from uh, Tim is about Karen slash Dev and Derek slash Ivy. He says, um, Karen and Dev is so lovely, but it's almost too good. I'm kind of glad their relationship is backgroundy. I'm just over it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It was really great at the beginning. Now it's just gone on too long. Um. Derek and Ivy is more interesting to me. Uh, the few seconds they had together seemed so broken, but so real. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, hold on. We, <laughs> we found the... Uh, <laughs> we found the, the book. Yes. So it's Smash by Garson Cannon. Cannon. Um, it has one review on Amazon. It's four stars. So <laughs> that just shows we can you how... read that here. I'll I'll read the review from Amazon. Um, it's by Wayne M. Mullen, preppy quotation. Anyway, um, so it's a fictional story told by Midge, who gets the job as a production secretary for a big musical show. Through her, we meet Larry, the director, fighting for control of the show. Art, the producer, a real jerk who will do anything to get what he wants, anything. The star, who thinks it's all about her. Jenny, the choreographer, alcoholic. 
Hi, the composer, Hi, Strong, and many others. The book moves quick. There's backstabbing, sex, drug abuse, love, hate, just about everything. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, can we figure out spoilers based on it? Probably I don't know, not. It seems as though it's difficult. To I talk. I will say I really hope <laughs> that uh, I really hope that she doesn't that Julia doesn't become an alcoholic because that just makes I, me that sounds yeah. like something I would hate and yeah. Um, but maybe um, you should send me that link so I can put it like on the blog post so if people want to look into that they can mm-hmm. do that. Um, okay, but so um, do we, let's talk a little bit because I guess I read that thing about Derek and Ivy. Uh, they have a little scene at the beginning, right, when they're being he's being a little bit bit of a better guy to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really great. It's so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's my heart sore. Like their relationship went from completely awful to me to just like great. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, so, but there is a scene. So he like doesn't she. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. This he um she's upset about. She goes to. She has one of those scenes that like Karen always has with Dev, where they go back and complain to the boyfriend about something. I'm assuming it's about Karen, and he kind of just is like deal with it. I, I'm assuming. I'm trying to remember exactly what happens, but he just he's just supportive. He, he is supportive because I don't remember him being. I remember him just being kind of like rational about it and trying to be like. No, he was so great. He okay. was just like, yeah, I love. <laughs> Like I'm reading this pilot. You want to be a dead hooker? Like <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, that was. Funny. I thought that he was a good mixture of kind of like you know you need to have a thick skin about this, but also I'm here for you. And mm-hmm. just it, it was so domestic. Mm-hmm. Just everything, all of their actions. No, he they were they were very good in this episode. I'm trying to th- see is there any equivalent in Hannah's that we want to talk about or yes, she uh, says Derek, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> From the very beginning, I never thought he was lying or a cheater or anything bad. You expect him to, but he doesn't. Pretty much following the heater apartment dilemma in one of the earlier episodes, I actually thought he's legit. He's very blunt and does what is best for him at a given moment, but he wants wants the people around him to do well. I think he genuinely cares for Ivy, and like I said before, I want them to be a power couple. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Right, great. Um... What's the next thing we want to talk about? That might get us into Ivy. Okay. Um, the Ivy, there's a bunch of different, Tim Tim has a bunch of different Ivy parts. The Ivy in hell, Heaven and Earth, is that we want to do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That comes first. Taylor? Ivy and Heaven on Earth. I want Heaven <laughs> on Earth to be a real musical. I would go watch it. It looks so much fun. Ivy just breaks my heart. The show should be about Ivy having to deal with the problems of trying to break through the crap of Broadway rather than Karen. But since when do writers ever listen to fans, eh? <laughs> Hopefully the Smash writers will. Yes. Um, I just want to quickly throw in... Um, I didn't know anything about Bernadette Peters, but when I saw Norbert Leo Butts, I was just like, holy crap, because he's so good. And um, so I like had a little fangirl moment when I just like randomly as the star of heaven on earth. That was... <laughs> um, anyway, so her candid talk about the drugs she's on and her hate of Karen. And I love it. However, her almost mirroring of Marilyn is a really interesting turn. I could barely watch when she was drunk on stage. So awkward, but I could never imagine being the star of a new production and then being back where you started, basically singing the higher you are, the harder you fall. So sad. Ivy's my favorite, and they'd have to do a lot to change that. Yeah. She is definitely okay. the most compelling and interesting character on the show. <laughs> anyway. What, what did you say? I said I think Derek is. <laughs> if you say so, I mean. <laughs> um, do we want to continue on to the Karen Ivy part in Tim's email before we – or do we want to read the um, Hannah Ivy part? I think we can read the Hannah Ivy part. Okay. Um. So – She writes, all right, I'm basically at this point where I'm in love with her character and rooting for her hardcore and I'm excusing her silliness and actions because of the drugs she's on. Her angel scenes and costumes were so cute, I was flailing. (laughs) The costume along with the bears were the best part of the episode. It kind of reminded me of my all-time favorite sequence of Glee when Rachel is singing Run, Joey, Run. It's so funny, (laughs) but also really cute. Oh, yeah, that is a good That is a great thing. Um, I think she's insecure and bitchy, but on a scale of respect from zero to ten, zero being the respect I hold for ten being the respect I hold for Eileen. I think that's an eight. That's the Wait, okay, read that part again. 
I think she's insecure and bitchy, but on a scale of respect from zero to ten, zero being the respect I hold for Julia and ten being the respect I hold for Eileen, Ivy gets an eight. That that is my favorite scale. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Okay, um, she works so hard. She just needs to get her act together and be reliable in her projects and to her friends. I hope the drug storyline stops soon. I don't want her to die. Ivy and Derek, I've left from the beginning. They're the true budding power couple of the show, and I can't wait for them to totally dominate later on. Everything with that is accurate and true and good. So Yes, this can be the scale that we just use throughout the show. And for all shows. Yes. <laughs> on a scale from Julia to Eileen. Absolutely. Okay, where do you have uh, Tom on that scale? Six, seven. I give him a seven. Is Dev higher or lower? Lower. Lower, yeah. Because he's just, I don't find him interesting. Yeah. Also, because I, I'm i very sort of confused now about what's happening with that reporter. And, and I don't think there's an affair going on based on what they're showing. But I wouldn't, I sort of wouldn't be surprised if the show was like, surprise, they I have been having care. an affair. Dev, in my opinion, is the least interesting character. Um not annoying or whatever. I just absolutely have zero feelings toward him. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Dev as I do about like the stupid pop songs, like the song at the bar mitzvah. That's yeah. Dev. <laughs> well, it's another one of those things too, where like, it's kind of like, remember how I said, like, I, I like the lawyer guy that Tom's with, but at this point I'm kind of just waiting for him yeah, to be yeah. gone. Yeah. Same thing with Dev. Like, it seems pretty clear to me that he's not going to stay with Dev for that much longer. So at this point, I'm just kind of like, why am I watching this? He's not going to be around after a couple more episodes. So I have to say, when Tom goes to that fundraiser, mm-hmm. it's like so great. Yes. It. Oh, I'm filled with joy. Everything about that. I. Yeah. No, I'm waiting for the the lawyer to go away, but I love everything that he's brought to the story so far. Yeah. So I, I agree. Want to talk to Tom. What? Do we want to talk about Tom more yeah, now? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Is there um, a part in Tim's email about Tom? Uh... Yes. Okay. Tom slash Sam slash Tom. Okay. <laughs> this is great. I'm English, so I don't entirely understand <laughs> the whole politics of the situation. But still, Tom was rude to John's face and about his beliefs. If I was John, I would leave him. He was just horrible. <laughs> However, this opinion may have just been brought about by my love of all the interactions between Sam and Tom. They're very opposite, and that's a really interesting situation that doesn't appear on TV that often. I mean, John is cute, but Tom and Sam seem to have more in common, and John is just separate from everyone else. But then again, I don't want the show to go the same way Glee has, with the central character all having been in relationships with each other. I guess a Tom-John relationship may be more real and conflicted, and to be fair, I want to learn some some more about the politics of a situation, as this might be a really interesting way of talking about these issues in a less contrived way. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that John was Republican and that Tom had an issue with it. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. Do we want to just sort of maybe give a brief explanation of, of the politics of the situation? You I go mean, ahead and do that. I mean, like, just on a really superficial level, like, Tom is very stereotypically Democrat. Yeah. So he he seems very socially liberal. He's gay and he's in you know, theater, and he lives in New York City, and, like, basically, if you took, like, a stereotypical Democrat, you would probably end up with Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but explain what that entails, like, for his... So so it's socially liberal, economically liberal, so, you know... And very pro-arts, I'm assuming, you know. Yeah, pro, pro-arts pro in a, like, funded way. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you could be Republican and be... yeah. But, you know, you you might not agree with the state subsidizing things. And I love how direct this show is about stereotypes. Um, Because Tom, first of all, the interaction between Derek and Tom, um, in which Derek really unleashed a lot of his feelings about homosexuality. And then this episode with Tom at the Republican fundraiser, they're just, it's so realistic. Because in real life, people acknowledge stereotypes. And you don't get that on television. But he really, they keep bringing things like this to the the forefront. And I love it. Um, One issue I do sort of have is that I'm starting to realize that every single male who's involved in the production other than Derek is gay. And none of the dancers, none of the singers are not. Oh, I guess, oh, Michael. I forgot about Michael. 
Yeah, what about okay. Mike? Okay. But I mean, saying like, you know, Sam and that other guy who's friends with Ivy are both gay and Tom is gay and... So that's three people. Okay, I guess I forgot about Michael, so I guess then I don't have... A, <laughs> that's like three of the five. It's three of the five, and it's New York theater. I yeah. I feel like... No, okay, but I forgot about Michael, so I don't have a leg to stand on, so forget about me. <laughs> well, we also have Ellis being bi in this episode. Well, do we don't know whether Ellis think, is bi or not. I think Ellis is straight, I personally. I think Ellis is straight, too. Which is what makes it a lot more interesting mm. to me. I'm pretty sure he's straight, and he was like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Interesting, okay. That's how I read Ellis. That's what made me like him. He was just yeah. like, <laughs> I was just like, Ellis, you are willing to do anything, <laughs> literally, or anyone, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I like his ruthlessness now. It doesn't seem petty. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. I still can't get over the fact that he called Tom a loser, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not likable. Yeah. I mean, I guess he can provide interesting things, and it is fun to see him get knocked down a peg, so, I mean... Oh, my God. That was <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, so, wait, did, so do you want to talk any more about the, the government stuff, or? I mean, that, that's, that's basically, I, I really like that he's, they talked about political parties, because mm-hmm. Glee doesn't, I don't think, does not do that. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll bring political issues up, but they're never going to be like, oh, you're Republican? I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's something that's, it's, it's like. Everyone feels that way, I think, on some, like, silly level. Yeah. There's, like, a knee-jerk reaction of, like, you're a Democrat, I don't like you. Or, you're Republican, I don't like you. But it doesn't usually get talked about because mostly characters are, like, too mature. Yeah, and when you beat around the bush, it's annoying. Like, um, one, around the time I stopped watching Glee was when um, Quinn got, like, kicked out of her house by her, obviously, Republican parents. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like they weren't acknowledging stereotypes and then complicating them. They were completely just pandering to an audience and playing on people's political beliefs in order to tell a story that didn't seem realistic. So that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And then did we didn't read the Tom part of the way? Did we talk? Did we read Hannah's Tom part? Yeah. Sure. Um, wow, he's definitely one of the most genuinely kind people of the bunch. I thought he was super cute hanging out with his lawyer dude, being naive about politics, and parenting Ivy while chilling out with Sam. I respect Tom because his carefree attitude is graced with a level of maturity that exhibits a type of work ethic and professionalism that seems relevant to his job description. I like to watch him because he seems one of the most sensible characters, part of the level-headed trio of Tom, Eileen, and Derek, all of whom... If this were real life, I genuinely want to work with. The ongoing bear seeds and jokes basically made the episode for me. I thought it was so funny and clever. Taylor is speechless at what she agrees with this. <laughs> yes, I agree completely too. Those are yeah. my three favorite characters because they're awesome and everyone else is dumb. <laughs> well, you're forgetting about Ivy. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> What was I going to say? I forget what I was going to say. So moving on. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the Karen Ivy part? Yeah. Oh, actually, I know what I was going to say. Um, so they come up with the name of the of the musical in this episode. So how do oh, you feel about Bombshell? That was the best moment. That was the, that was the moment where I was like, Julia, I have a grain of respect for you. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> what part? What, that when she comes up with the name for the music. Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, I literally just sat at my computer, just speechless, <laughs> jaw on the floor. <laughs> I think my face was like just comical. <laughs> I looked like an emoticon. I was just, and then I cheered. <laughs> do, do you guys remember the exact line that he says to Michael that makes her think of this? He's like. It's something like you've you've changed everything, you know. You've like, you've come like a bombshell into my life, yeah. like. But she it, she was taking responsibility for it. Yeah. For it. it was just like what we did was a bombshell, and it yeah. destroyed my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think that it gives the Marilyn the musical like a very dark edge, yeah. which mm-hmm. which it needed. Yeah, that's what that's what Derek was trying to yeah. do. No, I totally agree. And it's just a, f- a fantastic title that's very intriguing and that would make you be like, hmm, this might be something different. This is the first time 
that was that was the first time I was like, I'll go see Marilyn the Musical. Because <laughs> still, before even though I like a lot of the songs, I don't think I would have gone to it with anything regard like anything along the lines of Marilyn the Musical. Yeah. But this Bombshell, is, yeah. This is the equivalent of like Wicked in terms of like really good pithy titles that just say a lot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Do you want to, um, I mean, I can read the Ivy, the Karen Ivy part of Tim's email. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, as completely bizarre as this was, I really liked it. I don't know why. Um, it hit the prediction uh, that Clara, I think. Made, I think it was Taylor. Yeah, I think it was too. A few episodes ago where it would be interesting for them to have a friend's moment. The song as equally weird as the storyline was as equally weird as the storyline, but just some harmless fun. Karen can't play drunk like Ivy can. And I loved Ivy's finishing line. You know, we aren't best friends now, right? She just makes me smile. Um, she knows Karen's okay, but by no means is she happy with her. Yep. Perf- As should be. Perfectly. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> perfectly put it that entire thing. And I, I mean, I guess I was too stuck on the bizarre part to figure out what my actual feelings were. But I mean, I can't, I can't argue with anything he said or anything you guys are saying. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to read the Karen part of Hannah's email? Sure. And this. Yeah. <laughs> These emails are just so, so much the way I feel. Okay, so Karen, I'm beginning to think the only reason why I loved Karen before was because she was Catherine McPhee and she seemed like this really sophisticated, savvy woman with the perfect boyfriend. I thought they'd be the power couple, but no, she's annoying. She's the girl who constantly needs attention and is always nice so she can constantly be told that she's nice. She needs to just go away. She and Ivy being friends is okay, but not really. My respect level for Karen is about a two. (laughs) Showing up with those sunglasses, please. I would have mailed them or at least texted Ivy first. And that OJ commercial was a joke. Yeah, how do you feel that whole scene in the OJ commercial? Like, was it supposed to be comedic? I don't really know. I I liked it. Mm. And it was the first moment since the pilot that I liked Karen. Because I suddenly kind of understanded her. Like... I no longer fault her for doing well because I think that it's 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 not a good thing to say like well you're successful and I'm not so you suck mm-hmm. um, and I kind of I don't know I just enjoyed it I think that Karen is talented and you know it's just a stupid commercial but yeah. like I don't know why I just really enjoyed that scene. It was it was interesting. I mean, I also like the like the behind the scenes sort of aspect of like seeing how these things are made. It was kind of and it was sort of silly and fun. And I mean, her being in that outfit was hilarious. And she said she felt like a frog. I was like, <laughs> you have a sense of humor, and I can appreciate you, even though I wouldn't like you in real life because you seem like kind of cold. Yeah. But... Well, how do you feel about? So she has that one line right before the whole like happy friends thing where she's where she says you know he you weren't his first choice or whatever how did you that leave you i actually that was that was the time i got sympathy for karen Hmm. um because yeah exactly like she she's nice because she wants to be told that she's nice yeah she didn't exhibit any humanity until this point Mm -hmm. like that's when she just she told ivy like look stop it you need to stop giving me all this crap because it's not my fault. And that's true. It wasn't her fault. Yeah. But I really was angry at her for not, you know, not acknowledging anything other than her own, like, moral high ground. Yeah. So I I was glad. She was a cold bitch. <laughs> but I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I think that they're at least attempting to make her more interesting and that that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do we have left to go over? Eileen, maybe? And we haven't talked about Ellis. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Ellis. Is there, do you want to read this Eileen Ellis Derek part from Tim? <clears throat> Eileen is probably my second favorite character. She completely manipulated Derek by pretending to talk to this other director and played him so well when he'd pretty much had her sussed out. She has the best interests of this show at heart, and as she says, I have a great team. The question is, why does she need to get rid of Ivy? Grr. Mm-hmm. Ellis, he thought he was completely sorted. He was just acting so uppity. 
He's just an assistant, but he thinks back. He but he thinks he back chat to Derek. Sorry, Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. Um, he's the other cast member who needs a smack. Derek, please do it. However, when he tried to send blackmail, semi blackmail Eileen, she was having none of it. Go, Eileen. You complete badass. She's the only one who can really pacify him whilst keeping her cool. And I'm so glad with that if Ellis is going to stick around as much as none of us wants that. Okay. So now we'll read a different take. <laughs> okay. So now this is the opposite. Right. I think. Um, okay. Ellis, okay. This is the point in the email where I don't want you to hate me, but I completely have been disagreeing with you about Ellis. I love him. I think he's witty and funny, and I love how happy-go-lucky he is about everything. His insights on power and the project are key. He's naive, but unlike Karen, he's willing to actually do what it takes to succeed. I also think he's realistic. I know a lot of guys in their 20s who act like this. They are ambitious and full of themselves, but they do it with a smile. My favorite part was a few episodes back when he realizes he wants to be a producer. Once you understand that, his actions fall into place. And when he's acting really dumb, Eileen puts him into line, which is great. Even if he's being a sleazeball, I want to root for him. He's kind of the underdog, new-to-Broadway character Karen fails to be. Yes, <laughs> completely. I'm so glad because I hadn't been able to explain it that well. Yeah, and when... I, I think the moment when I kind of started going in the direction of liking Ellis was when he decided he wanted to be a producer. Because, yeah, that puts all of his actions into place. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you this much. He he is a better version of that character than, than Karen because he is much more active and she's so passive and that's mm-hmm. just not a good character. And he's supposed to be a villain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> automatically makes him kind of cooler. Yeah. I mean, but we can all agree that up until maybe last episode, he was badly written. Can we? Yes. Agree? Okay. Can we not agree on that, Taylor? I, I agree. Okay. And I, the one point of condition I have with this email is I don't think he's happy-go-lucky. I think he's smug. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a good thing in my opinion if he's going to be a villain because that makes him interesting. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, did we? I think we read all of Tim's email, have we? Um. I believe so. Oh, did did we read this? Oh, did we read his thing about Karen? <laughs> um, his thing about Karen by herself. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> I'll, I'll read the Karen part. He goes, I I uh, I really am over Karen. Her friendship moment with Ivy uh, was the only part of her story I cared about. The whole thing with the orange juice commercial. Dot 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 dot. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Catherine McPhee has a song called Over It, and the fact that he just said he's <laughs> over Karen. That's... Anyone who's familiar with Catherine McPhee's musical repertoire might share my amusement. <laughs> so. And did we read Hannah's thing just about Eileen? I don't think we did. Okay, so she's amazing. She needs to be the show's main character. She and Derek need to pull Karen and Julian into interventions. Uh, <laughs> Julia into, into interventions. Best character on the show. Great. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to read her ending of the email. She goes, I've written a novel, so I'm going to stop now. But overall, I thought this episode was kind of random but enjoyable, and I can't wait till next week. Angels and bears for the win. Um, and then she goes, P.S. I might have heard wrong, but... Did you say in the last episode that you thought Dance to the Music might be original? Um, no, we did not. We were talking about Touch Me. And I think that that got confused for her. Because it's definitely Dance to the Music is not original. We knew that. And, yeah. then, and then she goes, but like you, I was totally reminded of Across the Universe. Yeah, all, all musical numbers in bowling alleys are forever <laughs> and or colored by that movie. So, yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about the fact... So, Rebecca Duvall is a made-up name, right? Yeah. Okay. Why is Uma Thurman not just playing Uma Thurman? Because, you know, they don't want too much reality. I don't know. I, I guess. It just felt really odd to me that they were throwing out all these real people's names, and then they, like, throw out some fake name, and that it actually is a real person we know. Probably she's going to be more of a character. Yeah. And, and if they want her to have... Here. Yeah, if they want her to have flaws, she probably doesn't want to be Uma Thurman. That makes sense. I just, it just felt weird for them to be like, oh, Lindsay Lohan, whatever, all those names they were saying, and then like, Rep yeah. all. I was like, wow. Um, Alright, um, and want to talk about the songs? I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have the, how did you feel about the Heaven and Earth thing? I, I would have seen that. Yeah. I wouldn't go see that musical. 
I mean, I thought it was fine. It didn't knock my socks off or anything, but... Yeah, sure. I've had it stuck in my head, which is more than I can say to other other things on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it stuck in my head right now, actually. And I think that Norbert Leo Butts is awesome, and I loved The Angels. So, I, yeah, I would see that musical. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a fun musical-type musical, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the second one we have is the Arthur Miller, Miller Melody. So this is what what uh julia was writing about her relationship with michael why would you leave that on <laughs> yeah i actually liked the song and wish that it was like actually gonna be performed or like sung by someone other than frank from what yeah. i remember of it yeah it was good but i'm i'm glad that they used it the way it was yeah it had some stupid thing that i would have liked it yeah. okay so how did you feel about Cheers <coughs> drink to that that karen and ivy did i don't like karen <laughs> Her singing? No, I just... uh, She's not using her voice in a way that impresses me. Mm -hmm. So, and then everyone's like, oh, she's so impressive. So then it just bothers me. Yeah, they did another, like, pan to the reaction of the person playing the music, like, surprised and pleased. (laughs) Uh, The keyboardist was just like, yay, I'm happy. Two pretty (laughs) girls are singing. Like, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, That was the kind of glee part for me. Yeah, yeah, that was such a glee moment. Yeah. But, like, eh, whatever. It wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. I don't... I want another... Why, okay, why Why is Beautiful such a great thing that they did, but all the ones since then, she's just seemed kind of, like, eh. Well, not all. I actually... I like to call me a lot in the second episode, but... Because we don't like Karen as much. <laughs> well, and 20th Century... Um, oh, she did 20th that very well. I like her in Marilyn. I actually... And Let Me Be Your Star, I've liked her in yeah. the musicals. I really think it's just the songs that they're picking for her yeah. are too poppy, and I don't like her voice as pop. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is why she didn't have a very good pop career. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, unless you guys have anything else to say, are we wrapping up? I think I have nothing else to say. I'm I excited love... for the next episode because mm-hmm. I want to see whether they can they can hold on to this. And I love Sam. Sam and yep. Jessica are my two favorite characters. <laughs> is Jessica one of the the um, girl from the ensemble? Yeah, she's like the petite ensemble girl. Okay. Um, she is supportive and and funny, and I love her. And she is my favorite character. <laughs> she is very cool. I like her a lot too. I want her to become like I want her to pull a Santana, <laughs> Brittany, like how Glee, you know, takes the backup characters and makes them the main character. I agree with that. Um, all right. Uh, so I just want to mention the blog that's the smash podcast.blogspot.com. If you want to be awesome, like Tim, Hannah, and Marissa, you can send us an email at the smash podcast at gmail.com. And then we can either agree with you or disagree with you, <laughs> praise you or not <laughs> on, on here. So. Um, and I will say, as, as awesome as you guys were for those fantastic emails. I I mean I feel bad saying this, but if we can try to make them a little shorter in the future, just because I'm worried if we get a lot of emails that we and they're all that long that we won't be able to talk about all of them. Or if if you want to think ahead, you can email us something that you'd really like us to read and discuss, and then give us all your feedback so that we can you know think about what other people are saying and, mm-hmm. and compile things. Yeah, stuff like that. I guess. I, I, don't don't limit don't limit what you want to tell us, but just we might not be able to read all your emails. Yeah. On the show. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at dwhite d white six eighty five. Um, I live tweet the episodes, and I um, have been posting the podcasts on there as soon as they're uploaded. Do either of you have Twitters you want to plug too? You can if you want. I'm at TH Brogan. I don't really talk about Smash there, but <laughs> um, I just thought I'd give you the option if you felt like it. Yeah. Or Tumblers if either of you want to play. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My Tumblr is so irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> it's like pictures of Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy and. Buffy. Buffy and, um, like, China. So if, if you're interested in that, by all means, email us and I will tell you my Tumblr. <laughs> but um, and please subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes or review us. All those things would be great. Or all of the above would be great. Um, and I just want to say thank you. I mean, we're up to 20 ratings at this point, and we keep 
we're in like a com- competition for number one Smash podcast where we stay there for like a day and then we leave it and back and forth. So I thank you to those who help us be the top one for at the times that we are. <laughs> I mean, we got up to at, well, the highest I've seen us. I know we move around a lot, so I might have it might have been higher than this at some point. But the highest I've seen us is number 76 on the TV and film podcast page. And that's really cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, that actually is really cool. Yeah, you know, but just keep in mind that the higher you get, the farther you go. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep that in mind. So don't make us too popular, <laughs> or we might have to kill you. <laughs> um, and then I just want to plug... Joking. What? Oh, that was a complete joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to plug our other podcast, Oral Intensity, a Glee podcast. It's O-R-A-L, Intensity. Um, and I just want to say, I mean, I don't know... Glee is coming back this week, and okay. Clara, I don't know. I would, I would actually, I would be up for doing a podcast pretty soon. So, so you'd be up for a double podcast next week. I would be up for a double podcast next week. All right. I'm gonna put this out there. If the episode is terrible, yeah. I'm not podcasting on Glee until the summer. Okay, that's fine by me. So, so you'll know how terrible it was based on whether there's a new oral intensity episode. Um, the, yeah, because I mean, I, I, the other thing is I I do enjoy podcasting over the summer, and if Smash is over, I mean, we'll probably do Glee Project. Um, Glee Project because that's like one of my favorite shows. <laughs> so, Did you see that they released the trailer for? I have. I, I saw that they released it. I have not watched it yet, so we can discuss that on Oral Intensity. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I will. We may have a new Oral Intensity next week. We'll see. Um. You'll, I mean, you'll see it or you won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, any final things? Please review us and email us. Sam and Jessica, best characters. <laughs> All right. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks. I feel like we need a better signing off thing. You stay classy. San Francisco. Life's too short to be sitting around miserable. Gonna talk whether you doing bad or good Gonna drink on my mind and my mind on my mind Looking so bomb, gonna find me a honey Got my Ray-Bans on and I'm feeling hella cool tonight Everybody's vibing so don't nobody start a fight Just to the freak